be in awe of the smallness of our God and be in awe of the majesty and massiveness of our God. It is God with us. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Woeful. <laughs> Merry Christmas. There we go. So much better. Great to see you guys. Great to be here with you. Great to be with you in person and joining us online. May God get all the glory, man. We're super excited to be here and to be making much of Jesus Christ. We are talking about the King of Kings who has come already and who will come again, our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, man. So we're launching a Christmas series starting today right here, right now. And as we go into these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the greatness of Jesus Christ. The series is called Above All Names. Jesus, he has the name above all names. He has the power above all names. He has the character above all. He is above all names. And so we're going to be walking through a couple different passages. In fact, we're going to take the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John there, are a sweet opportunity for us to see from different perspectives some things that God has to say. And so we're going to walk through a couple of those Gospels, just seeing a couple of those passages. What does it say about Christ? What does it say about Him being above all names? All right? So that's where we're headed as we dive into this Christmas season. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. We're going to dive into the Gospel of Matthew first here in this series. And the Gospel of Matthew was written um, to Jewish people. The Gospel of Matthew is looking to capture the Jewish mindset and that focus. So there's going to be a lot of celebration. We won't talk about it today, but there's a huge celebration about the lineage of Jesus, where he came from through the nation of Israel. And there's also a huge celebration about the prophecies fulfilled. And we're going to see a little bit of that in the passage we dive into today. So the Gospel of Matthew is really capturing the truth of the Gospel, hope of Jesus Christ, and actually packaging it in a way that the Jewish person could get really fired up about, all right? So that's where we're starting as we dive in, Matthew chapter 1. Point number one, as we walk into and through this passage today, our job is to behold. Our job is to be absolutely stunned with who He is. So ready? Behold his humility. The God of the universe entered this world under what looked like shameful circumstances, small circumstances. Behold his humility, the God of the universe entering this world, right? This is our moment that we get to take a look at Jesus Christ. He could have come in in any number of different ways. He could have thundered on the scene, but he chose to come in humbly, gently, and in a small way. So let's get started as we look at verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child, found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Let's just hold right there. So it says, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. Like this is how the God of the universe entered into this physical creation. 
This is how the God of all creation, the one who speaks it and it is, the one who sustains it by his presence, the one who, as we just saw in the book of Revelation, is called the Son of Man, the one who stands amongst the seven golden lampstands and holds the seven stars in his hand. This is the one who says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He stepped into this world by clothing himself with flesh and taking on the form of a baby. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way as he revealed himself. Everybody just say, God had a plan. God had a plan, he knew exactly what he was doing as he unveiled through a form of humility along the way. It says, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. His mother Mary had been betrothed. That's a word that we don't really use in our culture today. It's similar to our word engaged, but it's like, it's like engaged on steroids, okay? It's like a lot more than engaged. Engaged is like we're committing to one another. There's an understanding of commitment there, but it's not yet finalized. With betrothed, it's a lot more like marriage. It's just not quite there yet. They're not living in the same home yet. They're not sharing in oneness with the finances. There's not a physical oneness yet, but otherwise it is an absolute commitment. Like to end a betrothal, you need to walk through a divorce to separate. That's how big of a deal it is. So it's, yes, it's a lot like being engaged and so much more, all right? So they're betrothed to be together. And it says before they came together physically, this means before they were having any physical intimacy. They weren't sleeping together. That was part of the agreement in the betrothal process. And they were honoring what God had called them to. They were taking that time that first year to set up structure and honor their God, worship him with all they had and keep a pure walk along the way. And they were doing that. They had kept in that way uh, as they walked along. And then it says, and she was found to be with child. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. You just got to imagine how that rolled out to the family, right? They're betrothed. Everybody knows the rules in the Jewish community. They're not to be sleeping together. All of a sudden, she's pregnant. Notice it says she was found to be. It doesn't say how. It doesn't say if Mary came and made it clear to like mom and began to share out with family and let them know what was going on, or did somebody all of a sudden notice, Mary, is there something you need to share? Like, we don't know. Somehow found to be with child along the way. And in the midst of it, she had to begin to share out some of what was going on. Can you imagine being Joseph? You've made a commitment together. You're walking with high integrity. At least you think you are. And all of a sudden, she's with child. Mary, what's going on? What are you not telling me? What happened? Mary, what's taking place? Can you imagine? And Mary on the other side, I'm telling you. I'm serious. I didn't. I wasn't with someone. It, it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Can you imagine being Joseph? I don't know how long it took for him to say, seriously? <laughs> right? It was the Holy Spirit. Nice try. Come on. Get honest with me now, what's taking place? These are hard, hard moments. 
These are tough struggles for Mary, for Joseph, for the whole family as they're wrestling with it. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Like this scripture makes it super clear that it was the Holy Spirit, that that's exactly what's going on. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Everybody just say, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. And we have Mary with child now. Have you ever thought to ask, why is this the plan? Like, why would God walk this way? Where there's this complete misunderstanding, there's a little bit of accusation, it's super low and humble along the way. What is God trying to accomplish? And obviously there's too many things to try to cover and God has a plan way bigger than what we can understand. But at the least, here's a little bit of what's going on. Why this plan? Well, just remember, in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, we see Adam and Eve coming together. And in chapter 3, sin crushes their life experience. Adam and Eve end up having a sin experience together where they collapse. They aren't following what God has to say. And in the fall, it says actually in Romans 5, Adam's sin brought sin on himself, sin into this world, and sin that crushed all of humanity, each of us born into sinfulness. And everybody say, that's a problem. So in Genesis 3.15, it actually says, but just so you know, the seed of the woman will crush the head of Satan. God giving the first statement of hope in the whole storyline. In Genesis 3.15, it says, just so you understand, there's going to be one that comes from the seed of humanity. And he will live it perfectly. He will dominate victoriously. Satan will be put to an end. And it will come through this human line. That's what God is doing. He is fulfilling Genesis 3.15. And he's beginning to walk it out. Taking the moment to put his soul into a physical human body. Regardless of what others would think, God was like, this is the plan, and this is where we're headed. And it says, so she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband, Joseph, I can't even imagine the conversations they must have had, the frustration. It says her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Being a just man, meaning he followed God and his law. Joseph understood what the law said and what the punishments could be and should be. Joseph definitely understood that he did not need to and probably shouldn't marry this person considering what had just gone down in his eyes. What he saw it as, some form of cheating that means I need to step away from this, being a just man, but unwilling to put her to shame. One of the options he had under Jewish law is he could have taken her before the elders at the city gate and said, that's not me. Like, I'm not with her and I don't know what's going on. And so you all do what you need to do. And one of the Laws stated that she could even be stoned for this breaking of the promise. He chose to not go that route. He chose to care for her, not bring her out into public shame. She's got a story that he doesn't know what to do with, but he's just going to at least 
fade into the background. He resolved to divorce her quietly. Remember, betrothal requires a big deal breakup, the divorce breakup. All right, this is the Christmas story so far. This isn't sounding very happy. This is how it all begins with misunderstanding, with heartache. Mary is excited, but nobody believes her. Can you imagine being her? Joseph's like, no thanks, I'm gonna divorce. He's separating away. He's had enough. And then it says, but as he considered these things, look, I don't know what that sentence means, but I can only imagine if it's us, how would we respond? Considered. I don't think it looked like this. Well, isn't that a sweet proposal she made? You know that maybe this is the Holy Spirit. Huh, I wonder what I should do. I don't think it's that at all. Considered is probably a little more ticked. A little more like, no, I know her. Why did she, oh, which way do I go with that? I have no idea where I want to go with this. I don't want to hurt, but I don't want to be hurt. <sighs> Which way do I? <sighs> I think that's what it looked like to consider. How do I walk through this in an honoring way in the midst of this horrible struggle? As he considered these things, behold, and when we see the word behold, we say, yeah, check it out. It's a word that says, look at this. Behold, check it out. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. That's quite the dream, right? He ends up considering these things, writhing on these things, frustrated with these things, probably even fell asleep, almost exhausted in despair on these things. And as he wiped out and crashed asleep, not sure which way he was gonna go in the morning, as he's sleeping, an angel of the Lord visits in all of his thunderous glory. And he ends up revealing to Joseph all that's taking place. The Lord appeared to him in a dream. And in the midst of his exhaustion, whatever he was dreaming about first, all of a sudden, bam! There's an angel, like there is light in the room. There's a part, can you imagine as you're going through that dream where you're questioning, is this real? Is this not real? What's happening? And then the angel begins to reveal out with authority. He says, Joseph, son of David, just so you know, lineage. He starts with, I know that you come from the King David's line. I know that through you, kingship can come. You are a son of the King David. And through David, we are promised somewhere a Messiah. Hang on, Joseph. That's what he's saying. Joseph, you who is from kingly lineage, I'm talking to you. He says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Everybody say is. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy I can't imagine how that word just echoed with authority. Joseph, 
that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Believe her, is what he's saying. Believe her. By the way, notice it says that which is conceived in her. This is not that which Mary conceived, right? It doesn't put her in charge of it. It's passive. It's happening to her. This is something that she agreed with along the way a little, but the God of the universe in charge. And he is the one who is bringing forth this child in her. Mary's telling the truth. And there's so much more. Now, have you ever had one of those dreams where when you wake up and you're like, what was that dream? And you even start to question a little bit of the realities of it. This apparently wasn't that. When Joseph woke up, he knew how real it was. The presence of the angel, the thunderous statement of authority, the calling out of his lineage, the declaration that what Mary said is true. And he's like, dude, I'm in. I am so in. Imagine the next moments. Like it doesn't say here in scripture and it isn't captured, but imagine when Joseph is coming back to Mary and as he's walking up to her and she's like, don't, please, I've, I've been yelled at enough, please don't. And he's like, no, 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 Mary. And as he comes up, he takes his hands, puts them on her face, Mary, I believe you. Tears running down her eyes as she's like, what? Can you say that again, please? I believe you. Why do you believe me? Okay, actually, I don't believe you. I believe the angel that I saw, right? The, rea the reality, you delivered it. I didn't really buy it. But the angel delivered it. I'm in, right? That's, that's you know. I love you, honey. Not that much, but I love you. And man, am I following the authority of God and all that the angel says, and I am in. Honey, I'm with you. And I know that this is from the Holy Spirit. What a moment that had to be. She began to laugh and cry all at the same time. Can you imagine her life? She was dreaming of being married. She was excited to be with this guy that she knew had a lot of character. He was excited to be with her and all of a sudden he's done with her. Everybody thinks she's cheated. Everybody's walking away and what has happened now? What was her prayer life like that night when the angel was visiting Joseph? And all of a sudden, Joseph is standing there with a smile and with a tenderness and with a welcoming and a holding of her and pulling her in and saying, baby, I am with you. I'm sure he said baby. Baby, <laughs> I'm, I am with you. I will not leave your side. God is doing something huge here, and I am in with you. We're being called to something amazing. What a moment that had to be. Man, please hear me. This is the entry of our almighty king in humility and in gentleness. He took the lowest position possible for you and for me. Praise be to God. Man, as we walk into this Christmas season, may we just celebrate his humility. 
You know, one of the things we do as a part of celebrating Christmas, right, is we put up lights uh, in the house and uh, so many putting up lights in different ways. Some put them outside and big big fanfare and some put them in small, some don't put outside at all, but we have different levels of celebrating and putting things up. And, and I know in our house, we have this Christmas tree that we put up. It's got some white lights on it, just these dim light whites, uh, that, uh, white lights that just kind of glimmer in the dark. And I love being able to sit out there in the evening when it's kind of dark out and just seeing that lit tree in the room. And it's the only thing lighting the room. It's just a soft statement of the power of what Christmas is all about. I mean, we could turn on massive spotlights on the tree. We could let this thing go. My wife and I went driving around looking at Christmas lights last night. Some people go big, man, right? Some massive, one of them we were like, where do they store all that in their house, right? <laughs> Have you ever wondered that? That can't possibly fit in your house. Do you like share with the neighbors? How did that work, right? Going big, right? But the reality is, There is a humble, small nature to Jesus' entry into this world. And man, it's been a huge worship for me this week as I just take in a moment with the Christmas tree and prayerfully praise my God for his willing to get small. This is our king for you and me. He entered this world sacrificially the king who could speak this place into existence and end it in a heartbeat, steps in, clothed in the form of a baby, parents being accused of a lot of wrong, and he's doing it to cover our sin. By the way, irony. There's fake sin being declared about her It's actually all cool, it's the Holy Spirit. But he's going to come in and cover real sin with his life and sacrifice. Jesus Christ, our Savior and King. May we behold his smallness like the little white lights on a Christmas tree in a dark room. This is your Savior and mine, come for us. How are you doing at beholding his humility? May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Point number two. Point number two. Behold, behold his glory. Behold his glory. Jesus is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. God with us. Yes, behold his humility, and yes, behold his glory. The awesome nature of who he is, the fulfillment of all things promised. He starts out here in verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And this is the prophet Isaiah. Now remember, he's writing to Jewish people, so he didn't have to even say Isaiah. As soon as he starts to quote it, all the Jewish people are like, Isaiah right? But he's quoting from Isaiah here, Isaiah chapter 7, as he's beginning to reveal out that this is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Remember, prophets speak on behalf of. They're like a messenger, and they're bringing a word. 
And the prophet was given a word from the Lord Almighty, and here's what he is to say, and we'll see that quote in just a second. So this prophet is bringing an answer about what God is doing. Man, God is sharing out his plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. Man, and in this place, in this case, and God made a promise. Everybody just say, God made a promise. And that's what we're seeing roll out. This is how the God Almighty of the universe entered through the seed of a woman. He says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, it's pretty amazing how often you see that word in scripture, isn't it? God's like, hey, wake up call. Here's something I'm doing huge. Behold, check this out. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The virgin shall conceive. The woman who has not been with another man, this young lady who has been pure and chaste will all of a sudden be with child. That's, everybody say, it's a miracle. It's a miracle, right? Now, there were many who read this over the centuries, and there's this young woman who is pure and chaste who's going to be with child, and they're like, well, I presume that she was a virgin, and then she got married, and then she ended up being with somebody, and then they had a baby. I guess that's how this is going to be fulfilled. I'm not quite sure how that's going to be painfully obvious, because that seems to happen a lot in here in our culture, but somehow this woman must get married and get with somebody else and then have a baby. They're presuming it to have filled itself out, maybe in the less miraculous way. And all of a sudden comes the time of Mary, and the Holy Spirit visits her, and the Holy Spirit comes upon her, and the Holy Spirit causes the miraculous within her And there is now her seed and the Holy Spirit seed connecting together to make an awesome moment. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Im, meaning with. Anu, meaning us. El, meaning God. With us is God. That's what it means. That's how it's interpreted in the Hebrew. And so they translate it here, which means God with us. Man, in this moment where the Holy Spirit has come on her, know this, there is a massive moment of dealing with sin that takes place. Because one thing we're told in Scripture is that from Adam comes sin and death. And all humanity struggles with that sin and death. It gets shared across to all mankind. Through the man comes the sharing of the sin. And so it's super important in this moment that it is not a physical human male that's a part of the solution of the Messiah Savior. Absolutely important. Everybody say it's a big deal. So instead of it being Joseph who's the father and somehow the Holy Spirit and Jesus just do some miraculous thing with that physical form, it's not that. It's instead of Joseph, Holy Spirit steps in. Perfect, sinless, absolutely stunningly holy. And that is the father of the child. There is no carrying on of the sin of mankind. Jesus Christ is pure and sinless in his physical body and in his soul absolute. He is perfect. Everybody say perfect. And the Holy Spirit has come upon her and conceived and there is now the unbelievable taking place as the perfect human, perfect God is now among us. 
Emmanuel, God with us. Almighty, perfect, merciful, loving, Lamb of God and King of Kings, right here among us. It says, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, right? Can you imagine that moment of waking up? And we talked about him going to see Mary when Joseph woke. Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He actually married her then and there. He came with her and they made a quick decision. When he had the talk with her, baby, I, I believe you. I'm not going to walk away from you. I'm with you. He did more than that. And he said, let's get married now. Let's go after this. Me and you together. I'm just telling you, there could have been people that misunderstood. There could have been people that thought, maybe it was this kid. Joseph's like, I don't care, man. God and angel are involved. Whatever you have to say, you can think. I'm with them. May God get all the glory. And as Joseph went after this, he took her in. He married her. He took care of her. He was with her and protected her. It said, Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Uh, everybody, they say, that sounds like a good plan. If you're ever visited by an angel of the Lord, just do what they say. Right? It's kind of a given, right? And uh, so he definitely followed through. He took their command. It says, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He said, this is going to remain holy, set apart, God only. There is going to be no question that this is from God. I am absolutely going to stand in a position where I can guarantee you it was not me. This is from God and God alone. May the purity of what the Holy Spirit has been with my wife, may that rock the world and he took care of her, and he protected her, and he nurtured this little one growing within her. And then it says, and he called his name Jesus. Exactly what he had been commanded to call him. And he called his name Jesus, Jesus. It means savior. He called his name Jesus because he would absolutely be the savior of the world. Man, it was an amazing privilege for him to be able to clearly understand all that was going on. And as he ended up saying, Jesus is his name. This one is savior, hear me. I am from the lineage of the King of David, and this one is Messiah King. And he will be savior over all. He is going to save his people from their sins. I'm not even sure how. I'm not even sure in what way, but I know my God has a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. And as we enter into this Christmas season, may we see God's humility. And may we see God's thunderous glory. May God get all our worship and praise. And all of God's people said, so easy for us in the Christmas season to get wrapped up in the gifts and the parties and the busyness. And those things are great 
enjoy time together, laughter together. But here's my request. Take moments each day to behold your king. Behold his willingness to get small for you. Behold his glory as the king of kings and lord of lords who will take away sin. Be in awe of the smallness of our God and be in awe of the majesty and massiveness of our God. It is God with us, Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. Everybody just say God with us. That is our hope as we enter into this Christmas season and the willingness of our God to care for us, even in him getting small, that we might be blessed forever. May God get all the glory. Emmanuel, God with us. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray.